0: of the Reasonable Fan Podcast. Uh, I said I was going to do one after the All-Star break, and I guess this this is what this one is. Um, I ended up not even watching the All-Star games because I find it really hard to care about that kind of stuff, really. It's uh, it's a big love fest for the NHL, and not much interesting really happens there anyways, so beyond watching a few highlights, there wasn't really much going on. The Flames of late have actually looked a lot better. Um, Coming out of the All-Star break, they did not look so good. I guess that was to be expected. The way that they were playing, I don't think that that was sustainable for the whole season. Like you were going to see a lull at some point. No team is going to be one hundred percent perfect, and other teams start to figure them out too. So um, they were struggling quite a bit. The top line is still struggling a little bit, but over the last couple of games, there's one against the Islanders, one against the Coyotes. They uh, they've started to look a lot stronger as a team. To be fair, a lot of the teams they played, especially on that one road trip where they didn't do so well, were really strong teams. I thought they were thoroughly outclassed by the Tampa Bay Lightning, but the Lightning have a a knack of doing that to pretty much everybody that they play. So now the Flames at least have an idea of what they need to work towards. Yes, they are an excellent team yes, they still have a lot of work to be done. So um, not the worst thing in the world that they went on a little bit of a slide, but uh, it seems like they're working on some things again, and they're looking a lot stronger than they were for a few games. Now, of course, at this time of year, depending on where your team is at, it's either the best time of the year or the worst time of the year. Uh, That is, the trade deadline is literally tomorrow. And uh, in, in previous years, the Flames have not really been in much of a position to do anything at all at the trade deadline. Uh, They were usually out of the playoff race, I guess, and so they are considered to be sellers trying to unload salary, unload UFAs, um, or seeing if they could swoop in and steal some high-level player that can push them over the edge to just get them into the playoffs. Well, this year is different for the Flames. They find themselves tops in the West, and they have some difficult decisions to make. In my mind, and I've been looking at a lot of different rumors that have been going on. I'm going to address a few here today, but uh, a very interesting time for the Flames, and it actually makes for some very uh, confusing and interesting dialogue as to what, if anything, the Flames should do. So I'm going to start this off by just basically going over what do the Flames actually need. This team, as I've mentioned before, is tops in the West, and they're playing excellent hockey. So what do they actually need to fill out their roster or solve any problems? Where are their problems if they have any? So throughout the season, I guess there have been some ups and downs throughout the roster. They've been more or less consistent as a whole, but there've been pieces that have been a little bit inconsistent. So the first one obviously is goaltending. Um, Mike Smith has been playing much, much, much better than he has been for the, the first part of the season of late. So, uh, Be that as it may, goaltending has been a little bit, I don't even want to say shaky. I just want to say it's not where they want it to be. David Riddick stepped up and played admirably while Smith was struggling. And now Riddick seemed to take a step back after the all-star break, or he hasn't really been given much of a chance because Smith has started to play like, you know, the starter that he's supposed to be. So not the worst thing in the world. Uh, But in any case, goaltending could be seen as a weakness if the Flames have one. Uh, another weakness that was talked about a lot, although to be fair, I never actually really saw, was depth scoring. For whatever reason, no, no one ever thought that the Flames would be able to score outside of the top six forwards. But uh, that's another thing that has actually resolved itself over the last few games. Like you're seeing Derek Ryan scoring quite a bit, Garnet Hathaway's chipping in, Mark Jankowski's chipping in, Sam Bennett's chipping in, even Austin Zarnik. Now that James Neal's been injured, he scored in three straight games. So you're seeing guys not from the top six pitching in and i think that's a really good thing but again depth scoring is something that everyone thinks that the flames can improve on the last item that seems to be a hot topic as far as the flames are concerned are depth defensemen now this is one i don't really understand I think the Flames' defense is one of the best in the league, and it's one of the best that I've seen them field in quite some time. Yes, you're addressing a couple of young guys in Oliver Shillington and Rasmus Anderson, but they are all very steady. Anderson has only gotten better. Shillington has looked fairly consistent. He makes mistakes every now and then, but he is a young defenseman, and he's finding his way. Um, but as far as defense goes, like their top four is fantastic, and their bottom two defensemen are steady. And honestly, that's... The best thing you can hope for, I mean, the best thing that you you could look from this is that just like Rasmus Anderson, for example, he's supposed to be your third pairing right-handed defenseman, but he's had games playing on the second pairing, playing on the first pairing. Like they can play him anywhere in that defensive core, and he's fine. But he's supposed to be a third pairing defenseman. So you tell me, how bad is the the depth on defense, anyways? Outside of those guys, you still have Yusuf Alamaki, who's playing in the A right now, uh, trying to get back into game shape. I don't know if he's going to be back up again with the big club at any point. Kind of hope that he would, because he played really well at the beginning of the season. And you also have Michael Stone, but honestly, at this point, I don't think it's worth banking on the fact that he's going to be back. If he's having blood clot issues, you don't want to rush that. It's pretty much best to assume that he's not available to you until next year at a minimum. It's just too dangerous to have him play from a health perspective Uh, and they have Dalton Prout as well who's played in he's played okay um he wouldn't be my first choice as a depth defenseman but you know what he serves a purpose and he has played okay in the games that he's been in so it's really all all you can ask from someone like him now of course when this trade deadline stuff comes around there's always going to be names that the flames are linked to some more than others and uh always always, there's rumors being talked about and things being bandied about it's really hard to tell what's true so i have a list of names of who i feel like could be available for the flames and i pretty much just pulled this out of my ass but um i've been reading online the various rumors that are happening i've been watching uh on tv the guys talking about various things that are being talked about no one really knows how much truth there is to this stuff they always say where there's smoke there's fire but to me you know nothing's ever confirmed until it's actually confirmed by the people who are involved in it so um A couple of the names that I have on my list have already actually been traded, so I guess they don't really count anymore. Those two guys are Ryan Dezingle and Matt Zuccarello. Um, Dezingle, I don't think, was ever directly linked to the Flames, um, but the Ottawa Senators were really closely, uh, especially for Mark Stone and Matt Duchesne. Um, I'll talk about Stone in a second, but I always thought that if the Flames were going to make a deal with Ottawa, Ryan Dezingle was the guy that they should be targeting um he's a you know a lower cost kind of player he's one of those guys who could play a very um a very accurate accurate very good depth role but who could also fit into the top six if needed and he's only going to get better Uh, obviously he went to the jacket so it's a moot point anyways the other player that was talked about a lot was matt zuccarello and he's a player that i liked quite a bit he is undersized but he does have a lot of playoff experience and he's fast. So the Flames are also a very fast team. So he would have fit in with the style of play that the Flames like to play. Um, the fact that he is undersized, I guess, kind of makes, made him less of a, a target for the Flames. They always want to get stronger. And they already have a couple of smaller guys like uh, Johnny Gaudreau and Andrew Mangiapane and Austin Zarnik too. So I don't know what the appetite was like to get bring on a guy like Matt Zuccarello. But the Stars got him first anyway. So uh, that's all well and good. A couple of other names the Flames were linked to with the uh, New York Rangers. I guess they have a couple of guys in Chris Kreider and Kevin Hayes um, who are looking to be trade bait for the, the Rangers, a the team who's supposed to be resetting a little bit. Uh, Kevin Hayes is a UFA at the end of this year, and he was also the roommate of Johnny Gaudreau in college, so it makes a very interesting fit with the Flames. And Hayes is a big guy, and uh, I think he's a winger as well, so it seems like he would be a decent fit for the Flames. Um, so he is available. I don't know how legitimate it would be for the Flames to go out and get someone like him. Uh, I always try and figure out how these guys are going to slide into the lineup. But if you're getting a guy like Kevin Hayes, you'd want him to play in a top six role. The only guy in the top six that he could possibly replace is probably Michael Froelich, which means that Michael Froelich has to drop down and he has to replace somebody else unless he's packaged in as part of a return going the other way. Although I'm not certain that that is reasonable for something like this. The last guy I wanted to talk about for who's available, and I mean, there's other names out there too that I feel like would be a good fit potentially for the Flames, but this one has been talked about a lot, uh, is Mark Stone with the Ottawa Senators. Now, Mark Stone is an exceptional talent. Uh, He carries a pretty heavy price tag at about $7 million. Uh, He's 26, he can score like crazy, and he honestly would be a really good fit with the Flames. It also helps that his brother, Michael Stone, is in the system here too, but... Uh, Mark Stone is a name that just isn't going away for the Flames. Now, the Flames are actually in on this, and it sounds like they really are, or they're at least talking to the Senators about this. It's going to be expensive to get him out of there. Like I, I was reading on TSN that they're asking for four pieces. Now, the best comparable, I guess, is what the Senators got from Matt Duchesne from Columbus, and that was two prospects, and to be fair, I don't know how good of prospects they were, and two first-round picks, one being conditional. If that's what the minimum asking price is for Mark Stone, I don't think you see the Flames do it. That seems like a lot. I actually don't even think it's something the Flames could afford at this point in time. They're already missing their second round draft pick this year, so they would have to put their first this year, first next year, at a minimum. And that leaves very little for them to do come the draft this year and even next year, too. So I find that one hard to do. Although, to be fair, if the Flames could landmark Stone, that would be a bit of a game changer for them on their roster. Uh, so definitely interesting to think about those sorts of things. And of course, whenever other teams are struggling, to, obviously names from there get linked back to the Flames or really any team who's looking to add at the trade deadline for a playoff push guys in my mind that would fit well would be like Mike Hoffman in Florida, although I don't see Florida giving him up or Gustav Nyquist from Detroit, which could be a possibility. Um, But again, the flames really need to assess where they're at right now and what they really need. So I talked at the beginning of this podcast, what the three needs the flames actually had, or at least the ones that have been talked about. One was goaltending, one was depth scoring and one was depth defenseman. Well, of those guys that I just talked about, None of them really fit any of that bill. I didn't even talk about a single defenseman, crazy enough. It's all, like, top-end scoring. So, I guess a little perspective is needed on this kind of stuff. That you don't just go out and get a guy just because he's available. You have to actually assess your team, see what the true needs are, and then try and fix those needs. Don't just go for the shiny toy on the shelf just because it's shiny. Like, as much as Mark Stone would be awesome to have, does he actually fit in with this team and the team's needs. I'm not so sure that he does. So do any of these players actually make sense for the Flames? That's the biggest question. Does it make sense to get a Mark Stone, a Kevin Hayes, a Gustav Nyquist? And of those three names, I'd say that Hayes is probably the best fit for the Flames, at least for what they need, just because he doesn't have to be a top-line guy. But is the cost worth it, too? You have to look at the Flames' roster right now, and like what would they have to give up for a Kevin Hayes or a Mark Stone? You're looking at probably Dylan Dubé, one of Oliver Shillington, Rasmus Anderson, or uh, Yusuf Alamaki, and at least two first round picks, probably for Stone. Kevin Hayes would probably be less than that, although I'm sure that New York will be looking for a rich return on him too, being a big body forward and a guy who can score fairly well. But if if I'm in charge here, I'm not ta- talking about any of those prospects that I just mentioned. Dubé is pretty promising and he did spend some time in the NHL this year and looked good. I-, I don't think you touch him just yet. Same with those defensemen. Although I would argue that Oliver Shillington is probably the best trade bait that they have. You're not trading Rasmus Anderson. That's crazy. If you do that, he's too good and he's only getting better. There's no sense in just shipping him out for maybe a good playoff run. And, uh, same with Yusuf Alamaki. He's a, a blue chip prospect that I don't think you want to touch like, at all. Like You need to see what you have in him first before you even think about trading him. Not to mention that if you do trade somebody like Yusuf Alamaki or Oliver Shillington or any of those prospects, you have to really consider how that's going to affect the future of this team. This team is one that's been built slowly over time with lots of patience and adding the right pieces at the right time. And if you start to remove some of those pieces at least some of the future prospect pieces, what does that turn the flames into two to three years down the road? I feel like this roster has been built by Brad True Living to be a contender for a prolonged period of time. You look at the guys that they have under contract. Monaghan and and Goudreau are signed, I think, for still another three years. So you don't want to mortgage your future too much because what happens three years from now? You need to be able to have guys step in and fill roles that aren't filled anymore by guys who are on the current roster. So if you start mortgaging that future you're not going to be in a very good place in a short amount of time. And the flames haven't actually had that much success over the last couple of years. Now they're really starting to come into their own. I don't think it's a good idea to just piss that away so quickly. I mean, I I guess what, what has to happen now is, and probably what is happening now is the flames have to ask their, their question of themselves. Is this the year that they go all in? Clearly, they've had a really strong season. Clearly, they are forced to be reckoned with in the NHL, not to mention the Western Conference. I foresee them winning at least one playoff round this this spring, and I, I don't know if they go any farther than that. It really depends on who they run right into, because there are a lot of quality teams out there. But is this the year that they just say, "Screw it, we're getting Mark Stone, we're getting whoever we can to push us over the top"? Who cares what happens next year? We're trying to win the cup this year. That's a risky proposition. This is the first year of the Flames looking this good. The first year. If you're me, now is not the time to go in, to go all in. You have a very solid group of guys. I would just try and see what you have first. Where can this team take you as it stands right now? And if it comes to this time next year, and you're in the exact same situation. Okay, say Flames make the playoffs this year. They win one round, maybe two. And everyone agrees it's been a solid year. There obviously is going to be some heartbreak, some, you know, promise lost, I guess, of what the Flames could have achieved this year. But whatever. They they had a solid year. They did okay in the playoffs, but they didn't achieve the ultimate goal that's winning the Stanley Cup. But it's okay. It's year one. It's year one of the window. So no harm lost, right? There's, there's promise there. There's a direction for the Flames to head in. So then next year, this time comes around again. The Flames are back in this exact same situation. You have guys like Rasmus Anderson, Yusuf Alamaki, Oliver Shillington, who are continuing to grow, continuing to progress. And now you truly need another piece. You've learned from the playoffs in 2019 of what you need to be successful. And there's other guys available that you could potentially go for. So now maybe you start to use some of those chips to land you that big fish, to get you to where you know you can be not where you think you can be, where you know you can be. And you would think that some of those prospects that are just prospects now have a little more value than they do this time around. If it's me, that's what I'm doing. I'm waiting until next year. I want to see what this team is capable of now. I want to assess their, their, their true weaknesses when it matters most, and that's in the playoffs. And then come next year, then you can make those big decisions. Next year would be the time to start to think about going all in, um, and going for the ultimate prize then right now. They're basically playing with house money as it is right now. Nobody thought they'd be this good, but they are. So let's see what they can do. Now, that's not to say the Flames are without their issues. That's not true at all. They do definitely do have some weaknesses. But in my mind, a lot of those weaknesses can be fixed in-house. So if we go back to what I talked about at the very beginning of this podcast, the three areas of improvement the Flames need to focus on. Goaltending, depth scoring, depth defense. Well, defense is easy. I, d- I talked about that before too. Um, your top four are pretty much set with Giordano, Brody, Hamannick, and Hannafin. Your bottom two are fairly set as well, at least with Anderson there for the time being. And then Shillington and Valimaki can be swapped in and out at will. And if one of those guys is struggling, you have like you have Vallimacchi ready, you have Dalton Prout ready. Say Michael Stone gets healthy. Well, there, you have a guy who could potentially play in the second pairing playing on your third pairing. So your depth is taken care of then. And I'm totally fine with that. If you talk about depth scoring, well, the guys who need to perform need to perform. And the top line is always going to be a threat. They're always going to be able to get goals, although every night that's not reasonable. It always depends on the other team, the defensive schemes that they put in. So it's really on lines two through four to step up and put pressure on the other team to allow line one to score. Uh, that being said, you need to have guys like Austin Zarnik produce, even though he has been playing that much. He has the capability to be a decent scorer, a decent depth scorer. Uh, Derek Ryan has to continue this trend of being able to score. Same with Sam Bennett uh, and Mark Jankowski. All of those guys need to be able to pitch in when their time comes, and that will help alleviate the depth scoring problems for the Flames. Like I said, you know the top two lines are going to score. It's they They will get their average points. But I will say the one... Thing that could help the Flames the most is for James Neal to just fucking score. He's had so many chances, especially of late, before he got injured. He's looking way better than he was at the beginning of the season, but still, the puck just won't go in the net. And if that could happen, even at James Neal's like somewhat sub-average performance, that would help the Flames tremendously. He's a guy who's scored more than twenty goals almost every year he's played in this in the league. So if he can score at that rate again. That solves the problem for the Flames without having to trade for somebody else to do that exact same thing. In my mind, like, why would you give up assets to solve a problem that you could solve with the assets you currently have, if you know what I mean. Like, a trade is never a guarantee. Maybe it's time to invest in what you have in-house. James Neal has been an all-star. He was an all-star last year. That doesn't just go away he can get back to there too. And I think you have to trust in him to be able to do that. It might disappoint you. He may not get to that level again, but I feel like it's worth it at this time this year to at least try and solve this in-house. Similarly with the goaltending, lots of talk was talk was around the flames, looking at goaltenders, Jimmy Howard, uh, even Jonathan Quick was talked about too. I thought all of those ideas were just ridiculous. The flames goaltending has not been horrendous. Like I said, when Smith was struggling and he was struggling, he did not play well. At least David Riddick did. And the two of them together, I think, give the Flames exactly what they need. They need league average goaltending. They don't need their goaltenders to stand on their head this year. The Flames can score enough that they can withstand a certain amount of negativity throughout a game. They don't need a guy to be standing on his head and stealing games. Not all the time. I mean, there are times where they are going to need to, but not... Game in and game out. Previous incarnations of the Flames relied very heavily on goaltenders stealing games for them. But this year, I don't think it's the same. So if you can get league average goaltending from both Smith and Riddick, I think you're fine. And that is something that Smith can provide. And just the same as James Neal, Smith was an all star last year, and I think the year before that, too. That doesn't just go away. You don't wake up one morning and stop being an all star when you were before. He still has that capability, he still has that drive, and he's showing it now too, which is exactly, exactly right. So that last problem, and probably the most key problem for the Flames this season, can be solved with with what they already have. And it's not worth it to try and package something away to get a goaltender back to basically perform the exact same way that Smith would anyways. And, of course, he's a UFA at the end of this year, so maybe he does disappoint a little bit. Well you owe him nothing (laughs) at the end of the season. If you really want to go in a different direction, you can go in a different direction this summer and you are not mortgaging your future to do that. So in summation for this, I I guess my key point here is that as exciting as all these trades can be, I I really wish the flames wouldn't do anything come this trade deadline. I think it's, it's on them now to figure out what they have in house where this team can take them as it is now and basically save that experience for next year and see what, if anything, is actually required for this. They have a very good team. They have a uh, team that's dominated at large parts of this season. And I don't think it makes any sense for them to actually uh, add pieces, add major pieces at this point in time, maybe like a minor deal here or there, but nothing extreme. And I'm, very excited to see what will happen. I just don't want them to mess with anything at the trade deadline here. I'd much rather let these guys run out the stretch, figure out your weaknesses in the off-season, take care of it through the draft, take care of it through the through trades during the off-season if you need to. But right now, let these guys run. Let them do what they're supposed to do. They're professionals, they know how to win. They have won a lot. They know how to score. They scored a lot. So let's see what they can do. Let the other teams bandy about massive trades let winnipeg weaken their future by going for mark stone let the other teams do what they need to to try and get to a place basically they're going to try and surpass the flames that's what they're doing they want to be able to load up to play the flames in the in the playoffs and so i think the flames can take pride in that and be ready for it if there's a minor deal it seems like it can help the flames out now and in the long term maybe you think about doing it but think very hard about who you're giving up and what you're giving up to be able to do that right now for the flames. It doesn't make sense. So let's keep rolling. Let's see what can happen. And we'll talk about this exact same thing again next year and see if my opinion changes at all. Anyway, thanks for listening. Um, We'll see what happens tomorrow during the trade deadline. If anything major happens, I guess I'll have to do another podcast about it. Otherwise I'll check in again with uh, something more flames related. Uh, Probably in a couple of weeks, but more realistically in a month because I am very irregular with these sorts of things, apparently. Uh, anyway, enjoy tomorrow, take care, and keep enjoying the flame.